Hi, and welcome to the SEO podcast, Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing. My name is Chris Burris, one of the owners of EWR Digital. And my name is Matt Bertram, the lead SEO strategist. Welcome back to another fun-filled edition of our podcast. This is podcast number 542. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you making us the best SEO podcast on iTunes. And we're here to deliver, Matt, we're here to deliver value. Did you, did you know that? That's, that's what we're, we're doing. Let's do it. Let's deliver right. some value. <laughs> um, we actually don't have a review to share with you. So we are going to ask you to go to uh, ewrdigital.com forward slash review. And I know we might be making changes, but as of now, you can go there. Hopefully you'll make that review. Five stars. Um, and today we've got a great article. It's a 12 essential on-page SEO factors you need to know. It's by a good friend of ours, Lauren Baker. We've actually had him on the show before. Go back through the notes, find that. It was a little while ago, uh, and and it, it was a phenomenal podcast. So go check that out, uh, and we're going to jump into these things. Before we get started, we have a, a sponsor. SE Ranking is the sponsor, and we're going to talk a little bit about a tool that they have in beta. It's always exciting when things are in beta, right? You get to check them out, uh, get to try them, and uh, their beta tool is on-page checker. Uh, and so the things that, that what this will do is you you pull up a a keyword, you pull up a particular page, and you can look at all the SEO factors that map to that particular page. You can look at like overall score, right? This is uh, important to have an understanding of where you sit in general. Next is like page experience. They might tell you the page is slow or fast enough or a whole lot of red light, green light situations. Next is content. Uh, maybe you need more content. Maybe you need more keywords in that content. Uh, media, one of the pages that we pulled up was uh, some images had undesirable formats. You want to know this. Uh, next was URL. So uh, in one particular case we were looking at, the keyword that we had used was actually not in the URL, and it actually should be. Uh, and then finally, usability, they cover things like uh, favicon or canonical tags. Uh, the best part is you get to compare that page, and Matt's pulling up some right here. So if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you click that notification bell so you know when a new podcast comes out. If you're uh, just listening, we'll do a good job of describing this. Uh, the overall tool gives really like a pie chart and, and again, red light, green light of things that are that are working. Uh, and the best part, like I said, is you're able to compare yourself uh, to competitors. How is this page on this keyword doing to competitors of that same keyword? Uh, really phenomenal. But wait, there's a best, best part. <laughs> and that is uh, you can map out tasks as a checklist. So here are the things that need to be done. You've got this red light, green light. Wouldn't it be nice to just make a task list out of that so you can go give that to somebody or go take care of it yourself and check those off. And you, if you remember last podcast, we talked about a feature where users can tag and group and leave comments uh, in order, to, in order to, to, to conveniently organize the data. Now you're like, oh, Chris, this sounds amazing. Uh, I want to go test out the tool. I see Matt using the tool. Uh, 
do you guys have a special offer? Of course, we went back to them and said, listen, if, if we're going to uh, allow you to be a sponsor, we need a special deal for our audience. If you go to bestseopodcast.com forward slash SE ranking, and right now you might need to scroll down and click the SE no, ranking. No, no, it works. Oh, it it's works. fixed. Good. That'll take you directly to the page that gets the special offer. Matt, do you want to cover the special offer? Or uh, I mean, the special offer is like a 30 day trial. Like I'm yep. a big fan of really trying to use the tool. I can even tell you that I use a lot of different tools. And when I first started playing around with this tool, I, I had to kind of force myself a little bit because I like where stuff is. I know how it, how to find things. And then as I use the tool, um, I started to really enjoy what was going on and, and I love, I really do. I love this tool. I, I think they're, they put a lot of thought into it. I love their tracking components where you can kind of see how your scores improving. If it's going up, it's going down. So you're starting to see trend lines, right? So you're not just seeing where you're currently ranking, but you can see how you were ranking last week versus this week for all the particular keywords. And so you can start building building trend lines. So there's a lot of thought put in this tool, even like the the, um, the task format to be able to uh, really um, utilize the data. And they do have really good quality data. They're updating their uh, keyword ranking tool uh, daily from all the different Google data centers, which some of the other tools I think are updating every you know week or you know every couple of weeks. Like it's just you need data right now, and you need to see how it's doing against everything else. And you need to see it in a geographic area, not just if you add a modifier to that location. If not, you're just seeing national data. So that's not very helpful. So the, again, there's a lot of things with this tool. Um, but yeah, the on-page um, the on-page checker is in beta and they, they really break it apart. I like the visual kind of pie chart of um, where you're strong, where you're not. And then it, and then it shows you those things. Now it's not perfect. Okay. So I will tell you, that's why um, it's in beta, but the, why it's in beta. Um, you know, I've, I noticed kind of some of the off page links, like if they're image links versus, uh, text links, it's, you know, it's saying that, Hey, that, that links maybe going to a 404. Um, so, so again, you want to double check what it is, but it's certainly a great guide and they're still working on it and they're putting a lot of thought uh, into it. Um, I think my favorite part really is uh, great data with a good UX, right? So yeah. you like, it's a good experience. It's well thought out. You're able to see how you're doing versus competitors. So it's really nice to see, Hey, this is how much on in the media section, how much, um, you know, how big the files are typically on some of these other sites or uh, okay, on the homepage uh, or whatever page you're trying to rank for, how's the density of the target keyword on your page versus other pages, right? Like, so again, taking things in a snapshot and uh, from your competitors and not in a vacuum is where I think the real uh, value is for this. Yeah, absolutely. Again, go to bestseopodcast.com forward slash SE ranking. Uh, and we they typically have a 14-day trial They'll extend that to 30 days for you. Let's jump into this article. Again, 12 essential on-page SEO factors you need to know. Uh, Patif to Lauren Baker. And go back and check out the podcast we did with him. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Um, and I love his intro. So normally, sometimes I'll skip through this because it's like not necessarily adding any value. I just thought this was really creative. Did you, Matt, did you ever play the game Tetris? I did, Chris. Yeah. 
If so, you probably remember how there was no real way to beat the game. It basically just got faster and faster at every level. In some ways, search engine optimization is the same. <laughs> Not in that it has a catchy 8-bit soundtrack <laughs> or that it rewrites your dreams, but in that it never ends. Great SEO never, ever ends. So we're going to go in. We'll talk about uh, first what is on-page SEO and why is it so important? Most of our audience will understand this, so we'll keep it brief. On-page SEO, which is sometimes called on-site SEO, is the process of tweaking a page's content, tags, and internal links to improve search visibility and increase traffic. Uh, why would you want to do this? Well, first, uh, you can increase the amount of traffic you get to your site. Uh, the first five organic results on a search page get 67.6% of all clicks. The next five account for only 3.73%. Uh, and it drops off from there. Uh, and then the second reason is higher ranking sites have much better click-through rates. The first Google, Google mobile search result has an average organic click-through rate of 26.9%. Uh, this is important. We all know that, so let's not belabor that. <laughs> We're going to jump into the 12 essential on-page SEO factors. Uh, he actually breaks these down into 12 different things, but each thing could be in a different category. So the first uh, four things, I think, is in uh, the category of content. We've, we've all heard that content is king. Uh, I love Matt's add-on to that. Uh, but yes, uh, the, the, the queen distribution is queen. Yeah. Distribution <laughs> is queen. And she wears the pants in the family. Um, cause great content without distribution just leaves you in, in a, in a, I don't know, a locker somewhere all by yourself. Um, here are the content factors you need to consider to maximize your onsite SEO. The first one is eat. E-A-T. We've talked about this regularly. This is expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. I didn't know this, Matt. I don't know. Maybe you did. Uh, there's 175 pages that are part of the Google search quality guidelines. In those 175 pages, EAT is mentioned 135 times. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know it was mentioned that many times, but I know that the the quality guidelines were written because the algorithm, they don't even know what the algorithm will always do, right? Because right. algorithm on algorithm on algorithm. And so this was like a way to boil it down for humans on how to use that and then break it into that category. We did quite a bit on eat a while back and we have a downloadable on it. Um, it's certainly something important. It's kind of like authorship on steroids. Like they brought authorship back and, yeah. uh, it's, you know, your money, your life, uh, was affected first, but they're, they're rolling it out everywhere. Uh, and yeah, I mean, eat is something to consider. I mean, the biggest thing that I think most people are doing wrong is there needs to be an author profile for whoever's posting the blog, because they're going to look at the authorship of that person. Do they write other places? Is, is this person the same person? What is the authoritativeness of what they're saying? That goes back to like doctors or uh, financial planners or something like that, where you're like, does this person have credibility? Should I listen to this person? And then if the answer is yes, Google's going to uh, juice that more. So it gets uh, higher in the SERPs. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and he goes on to say why Google has only confirmed a few elements of EAT, like page rank and links. It's generally accepted in the SEO community that on-page signals play a big part in this evaluation. And Matt was just talking about the author profile is an on-page thing. Now, it might not be on that particular page that we were just looking at with uh, with uh, um, SE ranking, uh, but it 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 is part of your overall website on page ranking. So first is eat. Next, it should not surprise you, is keywords. Uh, pages that feature the keywords used in a query, whether in the body, headings, or both, are more likely to be relevant to that search. In short, you need to know what your target customers are searching for and create content that include these two terms. It's always a good idea to do research. So if you're missing any opportunity to see if you're missing any oppor opportunities. And let me go ahead and take this time to plug podcast number 524 uh, is enterprise SEO level keyword research tips. So like those are worth, that's a podcast worth going back and checking. Uh, that was what, some 20, whatever, 18 podcasts ago. Um, so that's eat, number one. Two is keywords. And now three is SEO writing. And he starts off with creating the type of content that, did you want to say anything about keywords? Well, you know, I I wanted to say that that what I've seen with keywords, at least recently, is it's not just the target keyword used over and over again. Certainly density is something to um, consider, but it's really different um, iterations of that word or similar type words like semantic language, uh, words associated with that. So, um, you know, different uh, modifiers uh, is what we usually say uh, of that keyword. But I've seen people that are using just that same keyword over and over again. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, target keyword slash city, right? Or car target keyword city where it's not even pronounced right. And they're using it like all over the page. Um, Google's catching on to that and does not like that. Uh, also, Google is really looking for what, what, what are you, right? Like if you're looking for, uh, let's say, home remodeling, if you if you're trying to rank for home remodeling, you got to have pictures on your side of home remodeling. If you're a home remodeling contractor, like you're going to rank better for home remodeling contractor or home remodeling company. You're not going to rank for home remodeling because someone that's searching for that's probably looking for pictures of home remodels, right? So if you don't have a portfolio and you don't have pictures in that geographic area to try to rank for that, it's going to be a little bit difficult, right? And there's a lot of people that I think are trying to force a square, like a square peg and a round hole, that kind of analogy um, right now. And, and Google's saying no, <laughs> you know? And so I think that that's something to certainly consider uh, on the keyword side of things. Uh, but let, let's go. I, there's certainly more comments, but let's, let's keep going. Yeah, and again, go go back and check out uh, 524 Enterprise SEO Level Keyword Research Tips. Next, SEO writing. Uh, creating the type of content that both prioritizes search engines and converts human visitors to your site is something of an art. I just put a yes with like three exclamations to that. Like the, the, the balance of writing great SEO content that's speaking to the Google algorithm and also speaking to the user. I would say that you need to keep the writing to the Google algorithm in the back of your mind and have the focus on delivering great value to the consumer on the front of your mind. Yeah, I, I would say this can be 
pushed out into a whole new topic. I think a lot of people are asking about AI written content and what I think about that. Um, a lot of people have reached out asking me that. And, you know, I think it's okay to be used as supporting content, but certainly it, it should not be your primary content. Uh, it's a cat and mouse game, right? The AI writers are getting better. Google writers are getting better. What I, what I have seen is if there is uh, a update and the site tanks, okay, going to content first is the most important thing. Mm. So going like the technicals are important, but Google understands not everybody's going to be able to have a technically perfect website. And so Google's like downgraded that a little bit, I think. And they're really focused on the quality of the content delivering what is the search that you're coming up for. Like when someone searches for this, are you offering the best answer? And if, if you get hit in like with a, like a algorithmic penalty or something like that, look at your content first. Don't, don't immediately go to your technicals. Uh, that would be a pro tip that I'm certainly seeing happen. And so content is, I mean, the, the primary driver. And then how is that person engaging and interacting with the website is, is how they're impacting with content, whether it's video, whether it's image, whether it's text content, right? So it's all, it all kind of fits together, but, but that user experience and the content is key yep. for everything. Yeah. And, and he goes on to say, unless you've done it before, it can be quite challenging to write copy that reads well and still adheres to SEO best practices. Some of the key takeaways include emphasize readability. Your content should be easily scannable so users can quickly find the information they're looking for. Don't overuse keywords. This was known as keyword stuffing, a technique that used to work. I, I'm not even sure you should say like it used to work in the dark ages, like it feels so long ago. Um, and and really unscrupulous SEO professionals were using it. Uh, it was, you know, manipulating the algorithm and Google, you know, well, right? Well, what, what, what they were doing more so was they were putting text in a body of a site or in an image where you couldn't read it. Right. Yeah. So they were, they were, they were, because Google was looking at that. They was looking at the number of the number of times this keyword was mentioned when the algorithm was, was very early on. And so the more times you could put it on the page where it, it like the, someone would read it actually. Right. And not be like, this is a spammy page. It was helping. So people were stuffing it everywhere. There was a lot of like white text. Google does not like white text necessarily. Um, mm. if, if it's unreadable and, um, you know, so yeah, keyword stuffing, don't do it. Yeah. So don't overuse keywords. If you get caught doing this to a, a high degree, you could be demoted in the search engine result pages or even removed altogether. Next is keep sentences and paragraphs brief. Uh, so you want to avoid driving users away because the first thing they see on your page is this ginormous block of text that's going to scare them away. Uh, you do that by keeping your sentences and paragraphs short. Use subheadings. Subheads stand out because of their size. Use ample amount in your content to guide the readers down the page. Again, this is providing a great experience to the user. If you've got a lot of content on the page, you want them to be able to like glance through it, find the sections that they really want to dig into, or just understand like the flow of the article. And you want them to be able to do that right away. One of the things that I really want to start doing, and, and we haven't done as good of a job as we need to do in this area, but I want to start adding table of contents 
to mm. like every article, um, even in YouTube videos, right? Like here's, here's what this is about. Here's what this is about. And so people can skip to the information they want. Certainly, uh, we have gotten feedback for our podcast that people are like, get into it. I'm trying to learn. I'm listening to this on two X speed. And, and if we had that, they, we could drive probably a lot more people to YouTube and, um, they could click on the sections they want. And so, you know, really through the sponsorships and some of the other things we're doing, we're trying to uh, put more uh, resources on the podcast and also on the content to, again, make it a better user experience. So stay tuned. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, and I do want to warn you, warn you, there are 12 essential on-page SEO factors you need to know. We're going to cover six in this podcast and then push off the the, the remaining six to the next podcast. Uh, so that so the next thing related to SEO writing is use bulleted lists. Um, this may feel very meta, but bulleted lists are a good way to break information down into easily digestible chunks. Use them whenever they make sense. I would argue that they make sense a lot, and so use those because again, it's just a it, it's I, just like the subheadings. It's an easy way to consume information. I really thought that's how you're supposed to write an email today. <laughs> just yeah. bullet points, right? Only bullet just, points. Yeah. Just bullet, like just just give it to me in bullet points, right? Like, and then and and really, um, golly, emails could be a, a great topic to talk about. I've been dealing with a lot of different vendors and we've been trying out some different stuff. And um, wow, like I don't think that there's consistent email training uh, out there on on how people respond. Um, so, but anyways, I'll save, I'll save that soapbox for another podcast. <laughs> All right. So next, and this is the next one in the essential uh, on-page SEO factors is the visual assets. Using images, videos, and infographics do more than making your page visually interesting. It gives you boost to your SEO. Uh, more than 36% of consumers use visual search when they're doing online shopping. So take advantage, make sure you got the right context in, in the actual text around the image. Make sure you have the right text uh, describing the alt tag, the actual name of the file, uh, do those things. Be aware of your, when it comes to, you know, images, be aware of your image file sizes to prevent slow loading, uh, make your images shareable to identify opportunities for backlinking, which can help boost your eat, uh, each eat value. Yeah. I mean, vis visual, um, well, infographics, custom graphics. I mean, think about it. If you're using stock photography, uh, the person or the company that posted that stock photography, when you reuse it, it's, it's creating a keonicle back to that person. So it's again, boosting the, this, the strength of that image for who put that unique content out there first. So if you have a blog and you're using a bunch of stock art, um, and somebody else is using a custom image, you can see who has more unique content. Also, there's a lot of data around infographics and keeping people on the page longer people engage with custom graphics. We've actually added that as a service, uh, to our, our blog writing service to have custom images and headers added uh, to the articles. And we've seen them perform a lot better. Any page that we've seen that has unique video or, um, uh, you know, images or something unique on the page, whether it be a widget, they tend, even if the SEO is not as good, there's more engagement on that page. 
And so they tend to rank better or, or they're very competitive in the ranking. Now you bundle that with best SEO practices and you have an explosively high performing page that is going to get somebody to take action and, and stay on that page longer. And that's what Google's looking for is uh, more of like the full customer journey online. Right. And uh, to that point, um, you know, we ordered, we did team building, right. Last week and we ordered from Panera, right. Go Panera. Yeah. Um, but I had never seen, and it had to be since COVID, uh, uh, the ability to check what you wanted on the menu and then add it to the ma master menu. You know, usually people are like passing around their phones and this and that, but think about that, or they would call them. So think about how much more engagement there is online, how much more data Google can pick up and understand what's happening to, to induce authority and relevance and expertise and trust and all that. If they can see more of what's happening and more and more people are ordering and they're interacting with the page. So it's providing a lot more data. And then again, it, it, it checks off the box of all kinds of other uh, SEO factors. And so really trying to lengthen the time online that people are spending through their customer journey is exceedingly important. So a sales page that you would name, namely add uh, maybe an email or uh, you would hand out, if you can incorporate that online and people haven't seen it that before, again, it's it's going to help, right? It's going to help um, uh, lengthen all those metrics that you're, you're looking for. And uh, visual assets, I think are probably one of the hottest things, if not the hottest thing right now that I'm seeing that's really moving the needle. So it's kind of interesting how um, Lauren touched in, in this on images and really kind of the comments were about it and does readily talk about, you know, in the opening sentences says images, videos, and infographics. And in the last uh, podcast that we did, we actually broke that into two parts. So part one, was was really talking about uh, and that was five design tips to create landing pages that convert um really she dug deep into videos right she spent like almost a whatever a quarter of the article about videos uh and so yeah images videos infographics all very valuable we could we could probably spend a whole podcast on just infographics well you know you you talk about image seo um you know i write i write for search engine journal and and uh, we provide them custom graphics. And basically the, the credit that they're giving is designed by author. <laughs> and mm. so, like, so we're not getting any, any SEO benefit from that, but we are seeing um, when I'm looking at the analytics of what's going on, uh, a lot of the articles that I've written, uh, in addition to it being excellent content, um, yeah. uh, custom images are helping that versus stock. So I've, I've done the comparison. And it certainly works, and and that's why we're, we're we've added that as a service to what we're doing. Um, I I think that we're still ahead of the curve as far as m most people doing it, and it being a rule of thumb that hey, you really need custom graphics. But I mean, think about the last time you saw like an awesome page that you really remember, and then another page that had great content but had a bunch of stock art. It it kind of falls through the cracks, right? So it's creating that overall user experience in my opinion yep all right so the next section is about html uh hypertext markup language or html is the code used to structure your web pages and their content and we're going to cover two of the four uh that lauren discusses that are related to, to html 
So here are the top on-page SEO HTML factors you need to consider. Number one is title tags. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> that's a big yes. This is one of those areas where it's important to focus on the details. On its own, the snippet of code that allows you to give a web page a title probably isn't going to have you shooting to the SERP rankings up to the top of the SERC rankings. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, like depending on how competitive you are, just getting the right keyword in the title tag could absolutely shoot you to the top of the SERP rankings. Um, talking more competitive, that's not going to be uh, the difference. But if you don't have it, that can be the difference. Uh, it can help you build context and demonstrate your site's relevancy. Um, any thoughts on, on title tags? Yeah. Um, the designers out there, need to really understand that headers are not meant for necessarily design, uh, even though it seems to be built that way. And, and a lot of the tools uh, make it very simple to say, hey, I'm going to use these different image styles to size what's going on. It's wreaking havoc on the SEO when, I mean, think about it. It should be written like a publication in a newspaper, for example. You, you have one heading then you have maybe two or three subheadings and then everything else should be nested underneath that. And also there's a lot of stuff that people are putting in the headers that don't, that are not a heading, right? So you, you put a bunch of nonsense in the heading. You should be able to look, uh, use a tool, look at the headers and understand what the article is about. It's just like writing a paper or reading um, a paper. You should be able to understand what each section is about and how it's outlined and each header should be nested under the next header. And, you know, I can tell you it's very, it's very easy to utilize some of these builders because they're not thinking in, in those terms. In SEO terms, in, yeah. In, in SEO terms. And it's really wreaking havoc on their, their on-page and headers is a, certainly a big part of that. And what I've seen is when you clean up the page enough that Google understands what the page is about and you don't have a lot because you, you have so you said you have so much link equity, right? And, and in the headers, like if everything's an H1 or if everything's an H2, you're balancing everything equally. So you can't guide the, the link equity where you need it because Google doesn't know what you're looking for. And, yeah. and then, I mean, we can keep going to like how people are doing stuff wrong on page, but like getting your titles right um, or your headers right, like looking at an article, just remember that is going to go so far. It, I mean, it really is. Uh, if if we can get that fixed out here in the community, um, it's going to be a lot more competitive because that's what I've found. We, we you know, a, a new client comes to us in a, in a niche that, you know, people just nobody's doing it right. If you just start doing it right, your your head and shoulders above the rest, yeah, and that and that's before you even do anything fancy. That's just doing the basics, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and that goes to what I was talking about title tags. Like, depending on how competitive, if no one in your industry is even doing title tags right, yeah, that can that can get you there. Um, yeah. All right. So the next one is meta description. Right now, a veteran SEO professional is throwing up their hands at the screen going, come on, everyone knows meta descriptions aren't an SEO ranking factor. Mm. <laughs> Don't let negative Nancy here dissuade you from adding them to your site. Um, he, he points out that they have an outsized inter, uh, um, influence on your click-through rates. 
And so, yeah, you want a good description. If if you're able to convince Google to use your description over the one that they might parse out of the data, right, then you've got a lot more control of what's seen on the SERP. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. And I think that that's why he was saying that it doesn't matter because Google's just rewriting them anyway. And you're like, I put all this time into a description and then Google just rewrites it um, yeah. based on on what it wants to see. Um, so yeah, I, I really do think meta descriptions are very, very important because that's just like an anchor text link. You want me to click this? Why? Where is it going to go? What is it going to do? That, that, that should be providing some kind of leading indicator to understand why you should take action or what is this about or am I interested in it, right? And so it goes into copywriting and, and I'm telling you copywriting and content are are key, right? Yeah. To, to everything. I mean, it's basically uh, Maybe communication not and sales online. Huh? Maybe not key, but king. Okay, I'll <laughs> take it. Content is king. <laughs> and copywriting is content. Oh, okay. I feel like copywriting is like special forces content. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, a, uh, certainly it's... Um, uh, Jedi, Jedi copy or Jedi content, right? I, I, I can go with that. I, I, we need, uh, we need to remake, um, some of our e-web e, e, e results shirts, right? To, yeah. To, we had some really great, um, shirts out there. We've just started to make new swag. Um, we are making, um, swag for the podcast as well. And, um, you know, we're, we'll have that up on the site, uh, shortly, but yeah, they're, yeah, Jedi Mind Trick, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Great copy certainly has that capability. All right, so we've covered six of the 12 essential on-page SEO factors you need to know. Again, by Lauren Baker, uh, Patif to you. Um, and we're going to enjoy covering the rest of the, the other six uh, on the next podcast. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything to wrap up, Matt. Is there anything you want to share? No, I'm, I'm a little tired. I, I've been, I've been, I just got back from a networking event. I'm a little zoned out to be <laughs> honest. Uh, hopefully uh, there was some, some good nuggets shared here uh, today. Um, As I'm, always. Yeah, no, I, I think that this, like, there's a lot of these type of, I guess, articles uh, where people are talking about SEO overall and it hasn't changed, right? Yeah. It's about best practices. But one of the things I get a ton is how we started with Tetris. That's a great analogy because people are just like, how many times can you do SEO on a page? Well, because the algorithm's different, you can put it in a different order and something different is going to happen. And yeah. so even when we're doing on page, it's people think like, oh, it's on page optimized. It's done. I don't have to do anything. Well, because of everything else you're doing and all the different things that are taken into consideration, if you change a word or you move that word in a sentence further away from the anchor text, it can affect the SEO algorithm overall. And, and every keyword based on that search is different. And so there's infinite number of different combinations that will result in a different result based on what you're looking to do. And what you're really trying to do is put those pieces together where more of the keywords that you're trying to rank for based on that combination show up, right? So you could you can reorganize it and modify it to, to really target one specific keyword. 
And, and actually what we found is we've actually had clients in the past really, really push us for like one keyword. I, this is the only keyword I can. They're myopically focused on this keyword. And over the last eight months, those were mainly the sites that were, were dampened by some of the updates, right? Mm -hmm. And what we had to do is it had to go untangle everything, re-educate, set new expectations, and then really kind of come, come out of like focusing on this keyword. Like imagine it like too much density on one particular keyword, one particular topic. Google wants to see it, it balance, but really when you're talking about uh, on-page optimization, you're trying to find the combination that ranks for the most number of keywords that uh, you're looking to rank for, for that page, for that target, whatever question that you're trying to answer in Google. And, and you, you keep kind of twisting, I don't know, I would say like a Rubik's cube until you, you get the highest number of combination, right? So think about it as Google only knows what the magic formula is. And there's thousands and thousands or millions and millions of different searches for this Rubik's cube to find that perfect Rubik's cube where you're in number one position for everything is fairly impossible to do. Um, and so you're looking to get that Rubik's cube to the highest number of those keywords of that color on those sides. Right. And I, I know that that goes back to Tetris of there's a lot of different ways to put that thing to try to get it perfectly flat. Right. Um, and, and there's not one answer to it. And so I, I think that that actually is a great analogy because I do get a lot of questions on how many times can you optimize the same page, you know, and it, it's really, you're optimizing until you get the result, the best result that you're looking for. And then when you start adding other pages, you're either uh, creating more density or you're diluting whatever it is you're doing. And so it, and then other competitors are doing things. And so it's this constant kind of um, uh, rebalancing of what's happening in Google. And that's really why you have to do it. And also user behavior does continue to change. Um, we've seen that in, in different kind of search results. There's also factors uh, of, on comfort levels on what people are willing to do online. I mean, going back to when we started signing up people uh, for websites and um, you know, cr collecting credit card informations early on, people were like, no, right? They were afraid to do that. Now, if you can't pay online with your credit card and you have to call them, it's like an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. yeah. Times, times have, a, have changed and the, and, the, and the Tetris board is constantly changing. Yeah. Again, Patif to, to Lauren Baker, that was a, a really great analogy. Enjoyed that. If you are looking to grow your business with the largest, simplest marketing tool on the planet, the internet. Call EWR Digital for increased revenue in your business. Our phone number is 713-592-6724. Uh, you can uh, get in contact with one of our internet marketing experts and they will give you free tips, actually. Um, and then you can go through a process that will give you uh, just a plethora of tips to get you moving in the right direction. And, and potentially, you know, we can work together. I like that. Yeah. Get, uh Go to bestseopodcast.com. There's one-on-one -on -one consulting. Also, ewrdigital.com. Uh, we can get in a discovery call to see what your projects are. Um, you know, we, we're getting busy.
We're getting busy. We're hiring. So if you're out there, we are looking for a uh, GNB team lead, and we're also looking for an off-page team lead. So um, we're we're hiring. Um, we're we're looking for some account managers too. So um, we are growing. So if you like this and you want to be part of our team, we are remote, but we do fly you in for really fun events all the time. Great tools, great swag, great environment. Uh, working with some of the top experts in the field. So come check it out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That wraps up this podcast. Until the next podcast, my name is Chris Burris. My name is Matt Bertram. Bye-bye for now.